Hi there, welcome to HR Shop Talk. I'm your host, Andrea Adams. This show delves into the details of HR through conversations with smart, experienced, and successful professionals who've done the work. You can also find me on YouTube where you can interact with me and other people just like you. Today, my guest is Brent Perdue. Brent has been in Total Rewards for most of his career. First and foremost, dealing with all things pension related. He started out working in the consulting realm before moving in-house, where he provides subject matter expertise to leaders, finance, and HR generalists. Hi, Brent, how are you? Good, Andrea, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good, and looking forward to this. Looking, <laughs> that's right. That, that, that's how I'm feeling about this. Get ready. All right, so let's start with a relatively easy question. So you've been the in-house resource on pensions for a few big companies. So what does that typically mean? And so what are you doing with respect to pensions? Yeah, for the most part, it's uh, it has to do with um, being able to coordinate pension plan, you know, people that are participating in that plan, as well as those who are overseeing the plan. A big part of it is in some ways demystifying uh, pensions. A lot of people look at pensions from the outside looking in and they say, gee, I, I don't know if I want to go down that rabbit hole. But being the in-house person, you become like an expert uh, in the plan and you're able to kind of guide people along, you know, speaking human to them instead of uh, beguiling them with too much pension jargon. And believe me, there's plenty of pension yes. jargon in that space. Yes. You talked about, I think you said pension participants. Uh, yes. Pension participants are those people that have the pension, like the employees. Yeah, exactly. And and sometimes, you know, when you think about pensions, like, oh, the employee gets the pension plan, but it's broader than that. A lot of defined benefit plans will have, you know, um, somebody who goes to retire career, they end their career, they actually retire and they start to collect from the pension. Well, they're not an employee anymore. Okay. You would call them a retiree. But right. even a lot of those DB plans will have... Um, provisions for that person's spouse. So that retiree lives for you hope many, many decades and passes away and often the pension continues to the spouse. So it's it can be employees, retirees and the spouses of retirees. Yep. And beneficiaries, for example, if, uh, if an employee, God forbid, were to pass away while working and they're only in their 40s, beneficiary could be you know, a child, it could be um, a friend or a brother or sister or something. Uh, that becomes a participant in their own right. If there is a spouse, oftentimes the DB plan might even start right away because knowing that the, the spouse may not have a primary source of income anymore, the pension plan becomes that. Okay, that was useful. All right, so you have talked about this a little bit. So who are the typical players in a pension plan and in the administration of a plan and what are their roles? Uh, lots of the work actually gets done in HR. HR often takes the lead in compiling the agenda for the committees that oversee these pension plans. And you often go there as a subject matter expert. Um, a couple of places I worked, I was the pension secretary. Um, that's the person who is responsible for making sure the meetings happen, uh, that the agendas are set, uh, that all the people who are supposed to show up do, and the people who are supposed to leave leave when they're supposed to, as well as uh, making sure that the, the committee has everything it needs as far as a fiduciary um, aspect. There's a governance landscape that has to be navigated. And uh, I'm sure everybody who's listening has a horror story that they've heard on the news about, you know, somebody goes to retire and suddenly the pension fund isn't there. <laughs> As more and more events like that uh, unfold, the stricter the regulations actually get on pension plans. So it's 
it's far less likely to happen these days than it was like back in the 70s. That's very rare now, thanks to all that regulation. You talked about, there's two things that I just wanted to clarify there, I guess. You yeah. talk about the committee, and that wasn't something I was familiar with. Do all organizations with pensions have a committee? For the most part, they will have some sort of representation. The bigger companies will have an HRCC, Human Resources and Comp Committee. Typically, the HRCC is where pension reports up into the board. The board being the ultimate sponsor of the fund and of the plan, and they have to make sure that all the uh, regulatory compliance uh, happens. Well, they're too busy to actually do that work. They're responsible that it happens. So they often delegate down to a management committee. That is, it's usually made up of, of employees from legal and finance and strategy and risk and HR. And that committee is often called like the pension management committee or something maybe it has pension and benefits management. Uh, but that's where practical and tactical things happen uh, to make sure that the plan is compliant. And then when they have to have decisions that are made. They usually compile that information for the HRCC and it goes up to the board and uh, and typically gets ratified that way. But uh, yeah, there's there could be several layers of, of oversight depending on the size of the company. If you don't have any, then you really are kind of exposing yourself to the worst part about pension administration. And that is if there is no good decision-making process, maybe a bad decision gets made in these committees but it's not the decision that gets uh, scrutinized heavily when something goes to arbitration. It's the process. Uh, so the committees, almost in a way, they protect the company, they protect the plan, and they protect the employees. Right. And you talked about governance. Is governance part of the regulations? Like, is it mandated by regulations as well? Yeah, absolutely. In many ways, the province is setting there to make sure that the fund has the money it's supposed to have. These are usually DB plans. Right. Um, and there's there's really two metrics that are involved with, uh, with outside parties looking in to see if a pension plan is healthy. And one of them would be solvency. And that's the idea that if the plan were to stop existing right now, if it were to wind up right now, is there enough money to pay everybody uh -huh. everything they've accrued so far? That rarely happens. If it does happen, then of course, you've got, you've got to make sure you have all the money that's there. But imagine you're filing those every year going, well, we didn't wind it up. We didn't wind it up. We didn't wind it up. And yet we're still trying to keep this thing fully funded. Well, that's where there's another valuation called going concern. And the going concern says, what if the plan lives forever? What if it never winds up? Then you can go, well, listen, we're going to invest some money. We're going to, we think we'll get a rate of return of X. That way we don't need to have all the money in there right now, because as time goes by, we're going to be able to bring money in from contributions as well as from investments and we think that should this plan keep going, it's healthy. But you can imagine those two valuations may not actually agree with each other on how much money needs to be there at any given right, point. So for sure. the actuaries and the provinces um, and any federally regulated, some plans are regulated specifically from the federal level. They actually are doing all that work to make sure that there's enough money. So what should an HR business partner or generalist know about pensions? I would say first and foremost, they would should know what kind of pension plan their company sponsors. Right. Uh, there's really just two kinds of pension plans. One is defined benefit and the other is defined contribution. The idea of a defined benefit plan is that the end is known. That is, if I say you're going to get $50 a year for every year you're in the plan and you're there for 10 years, 
you're going to get $500. You're going to, well, $50 a month for every year you're there, you get $500 a month. That's great. That's defined. Let's say the market's tank. A person in the DB plan is just like, I don't care. My, yes. my benefit is defined. It's the risk is on the company side. The company may be scrambling to try to re, you know, rebuild that uh, asset base, but the, the benefit is set. Right. Contrarily, defined contribution is the other end. That is the money going in is defined. Oh, it's 8% of your base pay or you put in four, the company will put in six. You have to now manage it as yourself. And it's like an RSP. If the markets, you know, how the markets react is how it's going to impact your savings. Companies love them because you can say, hey, listen, we got a pension plan. We're going to set some money aside for you. We'll give you a, a platform like Sun Life or other places like that. And you can go and invest and we'll give you, you know, good oversight. Still, the committees look at that, make sure the funds are good. But it's up to you to invest it, to stay on top of your investments, to alter your you know, your investment strategy based on your lifestyle and all the things that you've got to plan, you got to work with your financial advisor. And at the end, when you leave the company, the Sun Life or those big platforms will send you a package and say, hey, here's your money. Do you want to move it over to your bank? Where do you want to move it? And the company is done with you. There are no retirees. There's no spouses. Right. There's no ongoing if, liability. No ongoing liability. If a person passes away in their 40s, whatever, then you say, oh, who are the beneficiaries? And you write them a check. And you get the money out and they're they're done, they're gone. Mm -hmm. So leaders, HR leaders, do they have a higher standard? What should they know about pensions? Yeah, that's a great question. I'd say first and foremost, they'd have to they should know what pension plan their people are in. Unionized environments, you actually might have a different pension plan than management. So <laughs> it's a good idea just to have an understanding of your own pension. Yeah. but also what pension plan your people are in so you can talk to them. Um, and I would say also that employees should have a good appreciation for what the pension plan brings to them as far as their employee value proposition. If a leader sits down and somebody says, you know, I really want to raise, I need to get all those things, and doesn't have an appreciation that the person's yeah. compensation is not their base pay yes. plus their bonuses, but it's benefits, it's wellness programs, it's pension plans, pension plans being... Um, you know, a, a deferred compensation piece. A leader should be able to speak, you know, confidently to their employee. You talked a little bit earlier about the value proposition. So how do pensions fit into the employee value proposition? And is it something they're aware of? Uh, that's a great question. I think the employee value proposition itself might be something they're not quite aware of. And that's not their fault. I think a lot of companies struggle actually compiling one or articulating one. Yes. When I think of total words, I really think of this pantheon. It's four pillars that hold up the old ancient Athens kind of structure. Yeah. And it goes from wellness, benefits, compensation, and pension. And it's kind of funny. Employees, when they're in a pension plan and they have to contribute to it, they're like, curse that pension plan. Yes. It's cutting into my net pay and oh my gosh. And at the end of their career, like, oh, I love that pension plan. I'm so yeah. glad I put that much into it. Oh. Yeah. It sounds like my husband actually <laughs> <laughs> doesn't want to contribute to his pension plan. Oh, good thing I do. <laughs> yeah. But it's, anyway. but at the end of their career, they usually are delighted and they become, it's amazing the really good companies won't just let you retire and say, here's your paper. Five years before, if you are, yeah. you know, if your plan lets you retire at 55, maybe at 50, they'll start giving you a pre-retirement sessions. They'll have financial, you know, education information sessions throughout your career. Go to those. And I used to bring in this, uh, this fellow who did a fantastic job, a two-day 
Uh, one was a Friday, so it was like on company time and half a Saturday, so on your time. So the company and the employer make the investment. He had eight modules that he talked about in that day and a half. One of them was money, only one. Wow. The other seven were your lifestyle, the things that you expect to do, how you're going to, you know, how are you going to handle your assets? Are you really going to bequeath the cottage to the children? Watch out for the tax man, all that stuff. It was absolutely amazing, but it was really about, are you ready to retire? Okay. Uh, so final question here. If someone in the audience out there who's watching this or listening to this just got some responsibility in the pensions area, what do you suggest they learn first and where could they go to get that info? Well, if they're just coming into pensions, I'd say turn around and run. <laughs> okay, no, don't say no, that. No, I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, there'll be documents that'll be in-house, um, and that's your plan text. Once you get a little bit more familiar with how pension plans are laid out, you can find what you're looking for pretty easily. Um, there's also, I would say if I was just starting a career, the first thing I'd want to do is reach out to my actuary. I want to reach out to the wow. consulting houses and find my counterpart, maybe even find the chief actuary who's sort of on our account and just, you know, have a conversation with them about what the plan is like. Also service providers. If you have a DC plan and there's a suite of funds out there, you can guarantee you have someone uh, on the other side of that equation. Uh, another big thing I would say is when you start in pensions, you'll be surprised at your interaction with senior leaders in the company. Well, thanks, Brent. That was a lot, but I learned a lot too. We have reached the end of this episode and thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time when I talk shop with another insightful guest.